Welcome to the Daily Grind Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Colin Morgan. Listen, are you tired of not living a fulfilling life? Do you believe you deserve more? Do you want more? Is it finally your time? If yes, then stick around. I welcome you to the Daily Grind. here on the daily grind today we are joined by a special guest johnny serpilla johnny is the founder of encourage llc he is an entrepreneur a passionate leader and a committed family man he has endured personal tragedy which created the foundation and beliefs that led him to understand the leadership style he has been called to serve johnny is an active public speaker and promoter of reshaping thoughts through difficult times to accept, grow, and eventually thrive. His company is a self-funded small private equity firm with four divisions, Encourage Healthy Living, Encourage Leadership, Encourage Investments, and Encourage Adoption. Listen, today's episode is super powerful. As always, everyone, be sure you have a pen, piece of paper, sit back, and really dive deep in today's interview with Johnny Serpilla. Enjoy. Well, Johnny Serpilla, welcome to the Daily Grind. How are you? I'm doing well, Colin. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thanks so much. Johnny, for uh, for people listening, whereabouts are you calling from today? I am in Naples, Florida, which is where we spend our winters and um, home outside of that in the summer and uh, better uh, weather up north is in Canton, Ohio. Oh, beautiful. You're Ohio. Gotcha. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, but about seven months a year in Florida. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, uh, Johnny, for people being first introduced to you today, if you wouldn't mind just kind of speaking a little bit more as to who you are and what it is that you do. All right. Well, thank you, Colin. Uh, first of all, you know, first and foremost, I'm a father and husband. Um, you know, I like to say that falling in love with my wife was really easy. Um, and that happened really naturally. But uh, having a family for us uh, was not so easy. And so we struggled uh, to build our family. And it was a long, um, emotional, life-challenging time. But all in all, uh, we're better for the tragedy that, that happened to us. And so I'm a father of three children today. Um, and we, we lost our first three children, uh, Nicholas, Mary, and Peter. We had triplets that died 25 years ago. So um, we had those three first, and then we were blessed with three more, Bo, Bella, and Stone, 
uh, that are 20, 22, and 24 today. So, you know, I define myself first and foremost as a father and husband because that's um, really all I ever wanted to be growing up. Um, gotcha. Of course, there's a professional side to me, but that personal side is big. And, you know, I, hanging in my office building um, in the lobby is a quote from Mother Teresa uh, that I just love. And it says, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And uh, that's a, that's a principle and mantra that I've tried to live by. Why was that? So why was family so important to you? You know, Colin, it's just I was raised by incredible parents um, mm-hmm. that, you know, taught us, uh, my sisters and me, you know, taught us the value of hard work. Uh, my mother is uh, 81 years old um, and still works six days a week in one of our family businesses in the clothing and um, home furnishings business. And um, my dad was a hard worker uh, right up until the day he died about 15 years ago. And you know, for us, we just were taught the value of faith, um, the importance of family. Um, and it just has always been where I felt most comfortable and, and really most proud. So uh, I'm just all about family and for the honor to, to be a dad and, and create my own family with my amazing wife of almost 30 years you know, for, for there's a long, dark time that it didn't look like that was going to happen for about four years of trying. And, uh, you know, after the passing of our first three kids, um, you know, you look at each other and say, you know, our careers are going great, but our family life um, and what is going to really define our happiness, um, you know, we were spending a lot of time at a cemetery. And uh, fortunately, we were blessed um, uh, with our first son via adoption, um, our son Bo, and he brought a very bright light uh, into a dark time. And then uh, we were one of those couples that, you know, within 19 months had two more babies. And, you know, we found ourselves with uh, three kids under the age of four and, um, you know, two surprise pregnancies that were very rough on my wife, but she got through it and, and uh, we were off and running as, as a family. Wow, that's amazing. Well, good for you guys. And how about uh, how about professionally? You know, for people who who don't know what you do for for work and you know, professionally, if you wouldn't mind speaking about that as well. Absolutely. So, I came into a family business um, over thirty years ago. My dad um, was a pioneer in the RV industry, and mm-hmm. I ran our family business for about fifteen years, and then uh, which we were a Serpilla RV. Uh, RV dealership in Akron, Ohio. And then I sold it um, to what was a new roll-up company um, called Camping World, and which is kind of like the RV version of AutoNation going out and buying up car dealers. Camping World um, approached me as one of the first acquisitions early on back in 2003. And I sold my business to Camping World and was blessed to, p- to play many roles on the senior executive team, including the president of the retail stores. And then I retired as our chief business development officer as we had, you know, north of 10,000 employees and $4 billion of revenue. And at the time of our IPO, it was on my 50th birthday. And um, I was there in New York City at the stock exchange floor. And I'll tell you, just uh, God had it on my heart that it was time to go. And I thought it meant to just hurry up to get home back to Canton for my son 
uh, Stone for his football game. He was a quarterback, and I wanted to get home for that. And then as I kind of reflected a little bit more, it was it's just time to go on to the next phase of life. And so I prayed for God to put the people in my path that I meant to serve with, and, and I feel that's exactly what he did, which leads me up to what I'm doing now. Amazing. What was it ever difficult a for you to because it was a family business? Was it was there ever a difficult decision selling it? And then how about leaving it? Oh, Colin, <laughs> is that a loaded question? Because <laughs> uh, oh my goodness, uh, you know, for a dutiful Catholic uh, Italian kid who you know always wants to please his parents and and honor the family, um, and that was um, incredibly hard uh, for me to sell it and. I was so blessed that my dad was so supportive. Um, he died uh, shortly after I sold it, but was was there for the first year or so after and got to see the success I was having uh, moving up um, in, in the corporate ladder of corporate America at Camping World. Um, but I was blessed because my dad said to me, you know, Johnny, I had my time. This is your time. And uh, if this is what you want to do, then you do this. And so... I love being part of a team and I wanted to kind of have my imprint on the industry the way my dad did. And I just didn't feel that that was going to be running one dealership, um, you know, for the next 30, 40 years. And so I had the chance to, um, you know, work at the very top of, of camping world up, you know, around, you know, amazing people. And, you know, I took that. And so it was really hard to sell, but then, you know, the, the larger Camping World family became my family. And then uh, I say that retiring was um, the most selfish thing that I've ever done um, and the hardest thing that I've ever done because I love the company, love the people that I worked with, um, but just felt it was on my heart that it was, it was time to go do other things that were important to me. And, um, you know, maybe a little bit of that was turning 50 that day in New York City. Um, but I had to follow my heart and, and that's what I did. So great trained. Like for you now, all of a sudden you've retired. Now you want to sort of pursue things that mean more to you. What, what was the next step for you? What's the next chat? What was the next chapter? So what I did is I, you know, thought about exactly what I wanted to invest in. I had invested in a number of companies during my time while I was still working full time and just kind of side investments. But, I really decided that I wanted to focus on uh, a small family office and really following passions of mine. And so I started a company called Encourage um, LLC and Encourage is um, really, it comes from a biblical verse of um, Thessalonians that says, so encourage one another and lift each other up just as if, as you are already doing. And I thought, you know, I kind of do like that. I love lifting people up. I love inspiring people. And, and so that was the birth of Encourage three years ago. And in that, I have uh, four different divisions of the company, um, Encourage Healthy Living. And that has um, my population health management business in there that I've invested in. We're delivering health improving uh, products and cost uh, reducing products on the insurance side at the same time. So really honored to work with just a insurance industry leader in that uh, a gentleman by the name of Larry Dust. And so we're really doing some exciting things together. 
have a cancer risk assessment program program in there uh, with Dr. Caroline Peterson and some attorney partners of mine um, that has, you know, really hit my heart because cancer has hit my family um, uh, in a very hard way. And, and my wife had a double mastectomy about, oh, six, seven, eight years ago um, when we were about 45 years old. And um, so love to see what we can do to bring awareness to families with familial can uh, cancer histories that they might have. And I invested in a company that I'm on the board on today uh, called Tektron. And we're doing the only concussion therapy medical trial in the world right now. And we're on to phase two of that trial. And it's been fascinating to learn about um, traumatic brain injuries and um, and the ways that um, through our cooling device, we can cool the brain to minimize um, further uh, damage to the brain. Um, and I also in that group um, partner in a number of senior living communities, which um, is great to see the, the kind of care that we can deliver to seniors. Amazing. You also do some speaking, correct? I do. Uh, that's all under the Encourage Leadership brand. Yep. And so, um, you know, I'm on a number of boards um, and a, a large public company board, uh, LCI, uh, Lippert Components, um, known as LCI, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm a chairman of the board of our Catholic schools and then Altman Health Foundation, Incredible Health Network and uh, Tektrom, as I mentioned. And, and the public speaking really is an offshoot of a lot of the board work that I've done, and I love going into companies and even done some private coaching, but uh, more in the public speaking realm of, you know, talking with people about what it means to be a leader. And, you know, today, I, I think so many people as our business world continues to grow and grow, grabs the title of manager or supervisor or director or vice president or CEO, for that matter, and they really don't think about the honor that it is to be responsible for other people's careers. And that is something that is critically important to me. I, I tried to live that as much as I could when I was running my family business um, in our clothing store, Laura Pembroke, our family business. We try to really focus on that there. And then at Camping World, it was important to me. So I love getting out there and talking about what it is to be a leader and to manage and, you know, to be countercultural as a leader. Um, and, and I say that in the most positive way of being countercultural because, you know, people think that the boss has to be a bad guy or you have to be a tough guy to be a, a good leader. And I really like to practice awareness of really being aware of my surroundings and the words I'm using and be very intentional about the direction I'm giving so that I realize that I'm always playing um, the game of business with real people and humans that depending how I interact with them, they might go home in a better or worse mood because of the environment that we create at work. And, and that's a big responsibility. So being countercultural and being that leader that is completely thoughtful of your team and looking out for them, um, you know, it's giving them the ability to perform at their highest level when they feel supported but when they know very clearly what their instructions are and what their expectations are, um, it's something that I, I'm, I'm honored to do. So I like talking about that and um, thought management, reframing our thoughts, so many different topics like that. 
Yeah, leadership's a really interesting one because, you know, oftentimes how people act as a leader is what they've seen leaders act like. It's kind of what's been taught to you. And, you know, we work so hard and people work so hard because you want to get in a leadership role, but we're never actually taught how to act and how to help people once we're in that role. Don't you find that? Oh, Colin, that's exactly what happens. I, I think you know, oftentimes a leader can take the worst habits of their previous leaders and manifest that into their own leadership style. And all the things that they said that they would never do or what they didn't like about their boss, um, because there isn't thoughtful, good instruction giving to them. And really just on the human level of, of the company talking to you about, all right, I want you to really appreciate that we want to give incredible customer service, but it's got to be genuine. And that genuine customer service doesn't happen in an environment of yelling and screaming and putting people down and then expecting when the customer shows up that they're an actor all of a sudden, they're going to be able to put on this front and really deliver a genuine customer experience. But it's not talked about enough. It's not uh, put out there enough where, you know, we call executive VPs on the fact that they're playing games and they're undermining another division in the company and ultimately that that is going to hurt the company, right? And hurt the brand. Um, And even at the the highest levels of leadership um, inside a company, especially big companies, you see so much division and they get competitive and territorial. I always say that insecurities are the root of all workplace conflict. And there's a lot of insecure people that have a leadership title and that just, you know, runs down the chain to their team and it creates tensions and ultimately hurts the brand. Yeah, it's so true. I've always said, you know, like I, I think the more power you give someone, the more money you give someone, the more they sort of show who they truly are. No, that's exactly right. You know, yeah, I think I, we all, are, and it, I think it comes from what you said. It's like it's it's almost like an esteem issue. It's like now that they're have this title or position or money, now they think now they think more of themselves, and they start to act and say things more that they actually of the things they actually believe. You're right. And Colin, I tell my kids that when someone, you know, really shows who they are, um, hear them, acknowledge that, um, and, and, and don't ignore it because people give you very good clues, um, that are really, that clue is meant to say, stay away from me, right? Because here's how I'm going to mess with you. Here's how I'm going to play games. Here's how I'm not going to be straightforward with you. Here, I'm going to say one thing and do another. And when they really show that, um, accept it. You know, you can try to, you know, get your head around it and figure out why. Um, And, you know, there could be, as I said, insecurities rooted in that. But, you know, it's important that especially young people coming out of college and going into their work, I always tell them to be careful who they follow. Uh, Because just because somebody has a title, it doesn't mean that their actions are that strong and merit to be emulated and followed, but they have a title in a company. But in the large company that I was in, or even my company today, you know, you do need to be careful who you follow, because if you want to take on the actions of that leader that's doing a poor job, I'm going to notice that he's doing a poor job and he or she might get moved out of that role and they're out of the country. And then you've kind of hooked yourself to their wagon by taking on their attributes and traits. And then, Likely you could be the next to go. But if I allow those traits to continue in the company, I should expect 
that those that that person leads sees that that is what I want in leadership traits because I'm tolerating it. And too often today, uh, companies are tolerating poor leadership because the leaders are getting the job done, mm. but they're not looking at the total picture of uh, the wear and tear that it is on the brand in, in the process. That's actually like, that's such a good point. And it's a really tricky balance, right? Cause you need to get results, but oftentimes it's like, it's the same thing. it's a win at all cost mentality, similar to sports, right? It's, but it's a very, very tricky balance. It is, a, 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 you know, we're in a competitive workforce today. And if you're, yeah. you know, the board I'm on of a, a publicly traded company, we do need to deliver results. But I can tell you that from our CEO down and throughout the board, doing the right thing is critically important. And mm. that that company has a corporate psychologist on staff. And Dr. Amber Selking is doing amazing work um, and has a great podcast that's worth following, does amazing work in working uh, with associates through all 12,000 employees in the company and being able to make a difference. And she's lowered um, our company's uh, uh, attrition rate. People are not leaving uh, as frequently as they were before because they find that they're connected to something. And everybody, of course, people are working because they, they need a paycheck, but everybody wants to be connected and feel valued. Yeah. And, um, and, and so it can't be production and money at all costs because those costs are going to be the human capital. And then when the human capital rotates in and out the door, um, when you have turnover that high, you're not going to get the results that you need in the company. So it does have to be a top consideration. Yeah. So, so you brought up a really good point of, you know, kind of younger people, people starting out and even, you know, for older people as well. Like when you're looking up to someone, it's, it's, it's sometimes difficult because you look at what they have on social media and you look at the things they have. And what do you look for? Like when you're following someone, what are the traits specifically that you look for that are important to you when, when deciding on this person to be a mentor or this person is who I should follow? You know, I, I like that question uh, because you know, when I think about myself today, like who, I, who am I authentically? You know, I don't even think, Colin, I know that answer anymore because I, I'm the sum of the blessing of, of so many amazing leaders that I've um, been around from receiving mentorship from men and women that I really admire. Um, you know, I feel like I've grown from the beliefs and, and the encounters that I've had with people that I have seen make, make an impact. And so Geez, I don't know. I, I think I'm just really a fan of taking all of that in and then putting it back out there in my own way. And, and so I say I don't really know the real me anymore because I've been influenced <laughs> by so many people uh, that are truly good. And, and I want to make an impact the, the way that they have. And so I'm drawn to people that um, certainly have an energy that I have. And uh, a positive outlook and an enthusiasm um, to engage. Um, but I'm also drawn to people that um, are a little bit offbeat and that just have something unusual about them that I'm, I'm intrigued by. And I, I kind of like pulling back the, the layers of that onion, if you will, mm -hmm. and understanding what motivates them because there's thoughts that people have that 
I can really get into digging into and, and thinking about a lot. And, you know, I, I love the diversity of personalities and experiences. And, you know, I, I think the more, the older I get, the more I realize that I don't know what I don't know. And, yeah. and, and I'm really incredibly comfortable with that. Um, you know, my wife and I joke because I'll tell her that she's right all the time. And it seems like the older we get, the more my wife says something. And I'm like, geez, that is exactly right. And, you know, it's not after 30 years of marriage, the older we get, the more we fight. It's, it's not at all fighting because it's just like acknowledging it without any ownership of anything like you're dead right on that. And, and I'm good with that. And, and of course, that's reciprocated back. And I'm a big believer that for every action, there is a reaction. And when I get a reaction that I don't like, I have to look at myself first because all they're doing is reacting off of my action. And yeah. so the control freak in me, if you will, um, wants to make sure that my reactions that I get are positive. So I can control that by what I put out in my actions. Yeah, you know, it's so funny as you're speaking, I'm like kind of reflecting because, you know, like when I started the show, it's kind of like a young punk, you know, that's what I kind of consider myself. And <laughs> as as I started, you know, speaking with people like yourself who are, are very successful, I realized like, I feel like the more successful people I speak to, the most common trait is how humble and how they say they don't know things. And it, and it just blew my mind. And I think over this whole experience for me, that's what I've kind of learned to do more than anything else is just not be sure 100%. I think being 100% sure about something is probably the worst thing you can do. Like, yes, I think you need to make decisions that you believe in, but I think surety sometimes is a good thing, but oftentimes it's not because it gets you stuck in one place. And like kind of what you do, like you've learned from so many different people, you've transitioned, you know, you're in so many different markets and that's has to be from you not being a hundred percent sure about things and just kind of being curious. Well, I'll tell you the, at, at 50, when I, when I retired and, and said, you know, I don't want to just have fun. I want to do, I want to make an impact and make a difference. You know, at, I saw that new season of life and mm. redefining myself professionally and challenging myself to invest in businesses that were meaningful to me and that would create change and a positive impact, but that I didn't know a lot about. I didn't know a lot about the insurance industry. I didn't know a lot about uh, traumatic brain injuries. I didn't know a lot about, I'm in the spirits industry through my um, encourage investments side. Okay. And, and that's what the college roommate of, of mine, uh, Heaven's Door and Stolen Axe, some great brands, Angels Envy. I was part of some different ones there and Patriot Software, a great uh, payroll technology platform that is really taking off and booming and Dapper Classics, uh, Men's Hosiery, you know, all these things, I, I've always been a little bit of a fashion bug. So that was the easiest investment I did. But I love learning going into industries that I don't know much about. Um, but I like the people. I like the product. Um, I, I like the, the story that's there. And they're people that I want to spend time with. And I get really passionate about about a topic and then I want to make a difference. And, you know, I'm at the stage of my life in this season, as I mentioned, that it's about making a difference and, and really finding the work that I want to do that um, I, I'm passionate about. And, and, you know, that is, that's a fun time to be in a fun time of life to be in. And 
a big part of that is impacting young people. You know, my favorite audience group is at the university level because you find students that um, are at such a pivotal point in life, especially juniors and seniors of college that I'm talking to. And, you know, that thought that I'm going to graduate and then I'm just going to go kill it and life is going to be, you know, everything that I've always dreamed that it would be or social media tells us it will be. And kids really can struggle. And, and, and one of the messages that I tell them, I had a student ask me once in a presentation, um, you know, what did I wish that I knew when I was sitting in their seat? And the question was a simple question, but it hit me hard. And God put the answer on my heart right away. And I said, I wish that I knew that life was going to be hard, but I'm going to be okay. Yeah. So true. I think that's oftentimes forgotten. Right. And I think, I think no matter where you are, everyone goes through hard moments and it doesn't matter what you have or what you like. There's all, it's always difficult, but you know, it seemed, but so far it's always been okay. You know? Yeah. And everyone's got their cross to bear. I mean, yeah, everyone definitely. has their stuff. And I think that's the, the, you know, social media does, ama you know, amazing things. But one of the bad things it does is it presents a snapshot in someone's life and time that gives an image that is, you know, not the full story. And, and so, you know, life is going to be hard. We're going to be okay. When, when I graduated from college, the thought that we would have triplets pass away and my wife and I would literally struggle every day to get out of bed, I couldn't even get my mind around that, nor did I think that I could ever survive that. Yeah. Um, and you know, after, you know, years of infertility and being so hopeful and, you know, as they each took their last breaths and, and closed their eyes, you know, those thoughts of I, I could never get through this. Well, it's amazing what we can get through. And, um, you know, that's why I love talking about thought management and reframing your thoughts, because, you know, we needed to reframe our thoughts as it re related to Nicholas, Mary and Peter. And I, I couldn't live with that as the tragedy of our lives, because, we had them for an evening. Um, why couldn't that be enough? Why, why do we have to have more of everything? And mm -hmm. so, you know, I got to the point of saying, I'm not going to dishonor Nicholas, Mary, and Peter's lives um, and, and make it insignificant because they were brief. Their impact was huge. It, you know, 25 years later, we're still talking about them every day. Uh, Bo, Bella, and Stone, our children today, um, know through us their older brothers and sister, and we honor them on their birthdays. We talk about them a lot. You know, it is a very positive thing that happened in our lives because it shaped our hearts today. It shaped the way that we were going to parent. And in this time where we always want more of everything, it was a great lesson in learning to find the blessings in, in what we were given um, and, and say thank you. And, and I still get to be their parent. Uh, for the rest of my life. Um, but I'm just not here with them on this earth, raising them like I am my other kids. But that doesn't mean that I didn't have a blessing there that we need to celebrate. And so reframing our thoughts to something that's positive and good and uplifting, I like thinking of them and smiling as opposed to the first several years of being in such a point of pain and having a hard time functioning that it was so heavy. I needed to look at it differently. And I really encourage people that 
anyone that has a challenge in their life, whether it's losing a job, it is losing a relationship, you know, look back instead of with the bitterness on that and just find everything good in it and, and seal that in your mind, learn the life lessons you needed to from it, but then seal all the positive pieces in it and reframe it that way. So that when you think back on it, you can lift yourself up a little bit as opposed to feeling just beaten down by something that didn't work out. Yeah, I love that. I think that's just a, a wonderful message for, for a lot of people. I don't know a better way to end here. Um, but Johnny, what, what's the best way people can connect with you, learn more about your journey and, and kind of what's coming on and what's next? I appreciate that, Colin. Uh, my website is encourage33.com. There's even some other podcasts I've done on there as well. Um, there's a little bit about my story and the various companies. Uh, my email is johnny at encourage33.com. Uh, 33 is an important number to my family. Uh, so uh, I worked that into a lot of my different business names, but um, the encourage33.com website is where you can find me. Amazing. That is encourage 33. Everyone, I will share it in the show notes section. If you didn't catch it here to make it super simple to go ahead and visit and follow along with Johnny and Johnny, I want to thank you so much for, for taking time out of your schedule and, and sharing your wisdom and really opening up with the daily grind audience today. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much, Colin, for the opportunity. Uh, you can also catch me at, at Johnny Serpilla on Instagram. Uh, but, you know, again, thank you for what you're doing out there and, and getting people's stories uh, out. And I, I love listening to your podcast and get inspired by so many people. So thanks for what you're doing. Thank you very much. And everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure you subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And share this out with a friend you feel like could really benefit from today's show. We'll be back with another podcast. Until then, everyone, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Lower the lights down. 